Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social where fans have their say on their club. And tonight, today, the afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, I'm joined by Brad and Liam as we talk about all things going on at Portman Road. But before we start, England are in a final of a major tournament. Uh, Brad, over to you first. Welcome back to the show. Did you ever feel and think you'd see England in a major tournament? Final. No, I, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Ross. Um, no, I didn't, to be honest. And I've been saying, I've worked to some of the guys, and then they've been saying, hey, no, I'm number 50. I've never seen it. And I'm only now seeing it. So I think, yeah, actually, I am only mid-20s. So um, fair enough. But, yeah, look, when, even watching England the last, I don't know, up to 20 years, what I can maybe remember, just didn't feel like it was ever going to happen. That We were just for nearly, well... All that talent, we couldn't get the team to play, and but this, yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, I don't want to overanalyze it too much because um, last night we just have to just appreciate last night. I know the talk is already already going to be about the Italy game, this and that, but God, let's just enjoy last night. How good was that? That was just incredible. Um, I'm tingling just even talking about it. Honestly, it's just yeah. Um, watched it at home. Um, had a couple of beers, um, as I have done every single one, really. I think I was a bit of a superstition now to keep watching them at home. But if I go to a pub now, I'll just ruin it. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought I thought we played. I thought we played pretty well, to be honest. Denmark, the Masters of Storm from outside the box, um, got, got, got them ahead early. But I just think the difference in our tournament has been Raheem Sterling. And he's just had... He's had so much stick, hasn't he, the lad? And even, even I was questioning the first game, I was thinking... Could you play Mount Grealish and Odin? Can you get them all on, in the same team and drop Sterling? But his pace, just nobody can live with him, can they? He's quick chop of the shoulder and he's gone. And um, and I think that's, that's probably why I feel like we're going to do him Sunday because I watched the Italy game with uh, Italy-Spain and they, Spain were very good. Spain probably deserved to win it over 120 minutes, had the better chances. And I was just thinking, I don't know if Adama Traore was injured or not, but I was just thinking that that game was made for him, just some pace to get out of. Because Italy are very comfortable with the ball in front of them, but the minute you get in behind them, and I think that's what we're going to do, what we're going to do on Sunday. But anyway, as I was saying, I don't want to get too into Sunday. I just want to enjoy what a great, great night it was last night. And all credit to Gareth. I mean, I think if we had Gareth as our manager with the golden generation, so to speak, they probably have won everything because think back to them days and they were shoehorn and Gerard into left midfield with Skulls and Lampard. And it's it's all about the team, isn't it? It's all about the team. Greenish being double sub last night. It's normally an embarrassing thing, but I thought it was a tactical genius again. We matched them up in the last few minutes, even though they were ten minutes played. But but yeah, the Gareth has been absolutely brilliant. And Gareth and Sterling have probably been the two basically the the two key figures in this whole England setup, which is why we've achieved what we have. And um, of course, we'll, we'll talk about Itchus Town because this is an Itchus Town podcast. But uh, I want to go over to Liam. Welcome back to the show. Uh, a man who was at Wembley on Wednesday night who witnessed England reach a final of a major tournament since 1996. Uh, no, 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 1966. 1996 when we, we got lost against Germany in the semis. But anyway, move on to that. But Liam. Tell us the experience. I know you got home very late or early this morning, uh, as we record this on Thursday. 
How are you feeling and what a night it was? Uh, feeling knackered. <laughs> I have um, released a lot of nervous tension during that 120 minutes. Uh, and penalties would have probably been the death of me. As seen by Harry Kane's penalty that he actually even missed, I don't think I could take all five. <laughs> five penalties in a shootout and then sudden death against Kasper Schmeichel. So in that, um, it was a kind of, for, thank God for small mercies. But, I mean, it was just amazing overall to be, to be, I mean, you asked the question earlier about, did you ever think you would see England ever make a major final in your lifetime? But for me, did I ever think that I would ever witness England play in a, in a later round of a major competition live. And, I mean, look, I, I'm still fairly young. I can probably go to other tournaments in the future. Definitely not Qatar next year, but uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's way off, uh, off the bucket list. But, um, but like, I, I never thought that I would see that and to actually be at Wembley. Um, I mean, look, who knows when the next time that England, I know this wasn't specifically England, um, this was a major across Europe um, project that UEFA came up with, but when will be the next time that England will play a major tournament on home soil? Because we won it in 66, then the next time we played on home soil was 96, that was 30 years. Um, and it's 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 2021 now, it, it's it's 25 years on from about 96 times. So it's like, it, it's it's like, when will I then see another tour tournament on home soil? I might be in my 50s or 60s by then. So to actually be there still as a young man, it is something that will live with me forever. The, the, the atmosphere last night was unreal um, and was just something that, you you just can't you can't replicate it. It's just it's something with international football. I know it's not for everyone, but when everyone gets behind the country, there is just something. It's like a tsunami. It's just some. It just keeps um, crashing into it. You, you can't get away from from it happening. And everyone just gets carried away, and and it's just fantastic. And to be in the stadium was just amazing and when they won that it the, the whole place was bouncing um I've, I've i've been to wembley a few times the new wembley never never unfortunately got the chance to go to the old one uh, even though i've heard that it was a toilet but um but i've never seen the new wembley like that um it for an england game um it almost it almost replicated what a club game would be played at Wembley like a cup final or a playoff final or something like that. Um, it, it, it was just something absolutely spectacular. And I'm, I'm just, I just can't believe that I was there really. Um, won't be there on Sunday because it's ridiculously expensive and there's no tickets left anymore. But I mean, if we win on Sunday, uh, I, I'm going to have a very, very sore head on Monday. Um, 
I haven't booked it off, but I'm just going to take. I'm working from home, so I'm just going to take a sore head working from home on on uh, on Monday and uh, and uh, celebrate through the night. But we'll wait and see. It's going to be a tough one against uh, against your boys uh, on Sunday. Once well, again, half I'm... of your boys. I'm quarter, quarter, quarter Italian, quarter. so it's uh, so yeah, I'm more, I'm all right, more British well, all than, right, yeah, then a quarter, uh, of, yeah. quarter of your boys, though. yeah. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but um, I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of podcasts out there that will be talking about the England Italy game, um, but that's our little chat about England. Um, actually, before we get into the Italy's town talk, let's just predict the game. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I was about to say, I, I think I, I want to get your prediction as well, Ross, see, see what you're why you're swaying. Um, I'm going to go for the same scoreline that we won our only only title, 4-2. I'm going to say 2-2, two, two, uh, full-time, and score another couple in, the, in extra time. Just, I think the massive difference here is Wembley. I think if we were facing Italy in Rome, or facing Italy anywhere else in the world, I'd probably be leaning towards that way. But just like, I mean, I, I haven't been there. But Liam has, and you see it on telly, you see it with all the fans around the country. It's like a tsunami, exactly as Liam says, where just the, the noise, the passion, everything just goes through that team. And Every game I've watched Italy, I've actually watched every one of these games, um, they've basically created it like a home atmosphere for themselves, where they have more fans, they have more noise. They basically turn the whole game into a... I don't know, a, a farce with their antics, but that's another chat for another day. But I think get them in front of the English fans and at Wembley and see see their bottle. I know they probably have got a bottle because they've got Chiellini and Benucci at the back, but let's let's just see what they really are all about in front of Wembley Euro 2020 final against England. So, yeah, I'm going to go 4-2. <laughs> 4-2. I don't see many goals in this game. What do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be <laughs> that open, I think. Um <laughs> I, I mean it's Italy Italy have been have been pretty <sighs> trying to efficient, I think is the word uh, I would use about Italy. Um they've played some really good football. They had a a reasonably decent group and more importantly they were in Rome. Um, which helped them, um, but they've taken their chances when they've come along, um, and that's and then obviously the lottery of penalties that they they were better against the Spanish in in that format. Um, England don't score a lot of goals under Southgate, and and what Brad said earlier about Gareth, I have to tip my tip my hat. I mean, against Germany, I was I was pulling my hair out, having matched the Germans for free at the back. And it looked like we were we we almost gave the Germans too much respect. But the scoreline and, and the way it all ended out, it was a, a, a tactical masterclass. And um I, I hope it, it it he I hope he gets gets what he deserves on Sunday, which which is uh, the winner's Trophy. I think um, Brad Brad said about Sterling. For me, the two standout players for me have been Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire. Um, I mean, Maguire hasn't even started the the entire tournament, and yet the performances since he's come in, having not played for a couple of months with the injury that he picked up at the end of the season. And I mean, last night 
especially with being given a dodgy yellow card, he was as dominant as as I've ever seen a, a, a centre half um, could be. He he was he wasn't put off by the yellow card. He was still trying to get in front of the ball. He was still um, he was still challenging with the striker and knowing that if they threw themselves to the ground, he's at risk of a second yellow. He, he was an absolute um, gargantuan at the back last night. And Luke Shaw going forward has been fantastic as well. And it's all been based on the defence because we all thought that England would be trying to outscore teams because our defence is absolutely horrific. <laughs> and it's actually been the other way around. We've been keeping the clean sheet and maybe not scoring as many as we may have should have. So it'll be tight. Um, we need pace to get in amongst the Italians. Uh, Bonucci and Chiellini are still world-class defenders, but they haven't got that pace. Um, positionally, they will try and obviously nullify it, um, but they won't like it. Like the Danes last night didn't like it when, when Sterling and Saka were buzzing around. They couldn't get near them. So, um, But I think England, England will do it. Um, I'm going to say another 2-1 because I think it will be tight. I think the Italians will get one um, and I think it will be up to England uh, to make sure that uh, they score more and win win the trophy, but I'm just hoping this time we don't go behind because I think that will be a lot harder prospect than what we faced last night. Even though the Danes are very good defensively, um, which I was very impressed about. I've had a chance to stall here. I know Brad wants to know my prediction. Uh, I want to go one nil to England. I don't think yeah. there's going to be many goals in this game. I think both teams are defensively, they've been solid. Um, so I think it's going to be a special goal from someone. I won't predict a goal scorer, but I think there'll be a special goal from someone. I think it's going to be hard to beat either goalkeeper. So 1-0 England, football's coming home. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. I'm sure we'll <laughs> we'll be singing that all summer long, um, all year long until, of course, Qatar next year. Um, and I hear, <laughs> you know, Bor- yeah, next winter. Um, but I hear, you know, Boris Johnson is apparently saying that maybe they'll bid for the 2030 World Cup. You never know. So Yeah, they they are looking at maybe doing a full UK, yet yeah, UK one. So it wouldn't be England specifically. I think Scotland, uh, Northern Ireland and Wales would be involved in that. So they, they would yeah, they'll get the group stage games UK. with, you know, they'll get the small but small group Wem- stage Wembley, games. Wembley would get, Wembley would get the final because <laughs> It is the biggest ground in the entire UK, so Wembley would still get the final. But I'm I'm more interested in if England win on Sunday, whether um, the rumours that they're going to call a snap bank holiday on Monday may happen, because they haven't ruled it out. That, that some of the politicians have been asked about that this morning about how the country would celebrate England winning the tournament, and obviously they've got to be a little bit more blasé about it rather than saying yeah we're going to have an open top bus and stuff because obviously still the COVID restrictions are still in there and even on the 19th they want to try and make sure we're not going completely crazy um, but they may give us all a day off on Monday which if if I have got a very very sore, well I will have a very sore head whatever way I'll be either drinking to forget or drinking to celebrate throughout the night then I may not need to take any time off. And I'm hoping the government do the right thing here. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think they'll just do it anyway, wouldn't they? Because I think it's going to either be a national national celebration or national morning. And you're not going to drink any any less, are you? If if we if we lose, if anything, you're going to be less wanting to go to work the next day. If we've lost, so <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monday off, please. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. Um, but of course, this is a Itchers Town podcast. Oh, um as a whole. But um, of course, we've got to talk about England because it is the Euros. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed that chat there. I'm sure there's going to be thousands of podcasts out there talking about England, but we've brought in you our, our own our own take on it. But let's talk about town. Um, they've got a big game on Saturday, of course, Dartford. We'll get onto that in a bit. Um, but let's talk about transfers. Woo! The sexy stuff. Um, of course, links have not stopped this week. Uh, of course, the big last weekend, Bursant Selena was linked to a possible move. Um, also another player from Elmira forwards, Alvin Apaya. I probably butchered his name completely, but whatever. And also Hayden Colson has been linked, uh, a player who left back from Borough. Uh, the main pod, we chatted about it, but I want to go over to you guys and uh, discuss those sort of links. Um, over to you, Brad. Your thoughts on those three players, uh, two wingers, a fullback, although he's versatile. Uh, what's your thoughts on those three signings? Oh, no. Links. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hot take. Oh, hot, no. take hot take, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yes, in preparation for the podcast, I played um, against Mortem on FIFA, created the Thursday atmosphere, all sorts, had Selena, Crooks, a pie of a front three behind Macaulay Bond, and we won 5-1. So there you go. They're going to be very successful. <laughs> and a pie scored two, and Selena just dominated. So, anyway, uh, back in the real world. Yeah, um, I loved Burson when he was on loan here. I loved every um, sort of star loan talent that McCarthy brought in and Fraser, Lawrence and Selena. Um, but he's, yeah, he fantastic close control, doesn't he? And is is a very, very, very good technical player. And you got to think, you just you don't see players like that in League One. You might get your Madidi or someone like that, but he's a step up from that, surely. I mean, he's... He only went to Dijon for a couple of million a year ago, didn't he? He went to Swansea for three million, Man City all the way through. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, it would be a ridiculous sign um, if you get a player of his calibre. And almost, almost, a, I don't know, if, I'm a little bit, I have a few reservations about it in a way, because when you get a player like that dropping down levels, his, his head's got to be 100% right. And I'm sure. To, could will do everything he can to get that 100 right, but if he goes for a bit of bad run of form or something like that, I worry about Burson's attitude before where you have seen him drop his head. I mean, is he just going to be thinking, "Oh God, get me out of here," sort of thing? I don't know. But in, in another sense, I think that he will want to come back here because I've, I've lived his lived his career. And to be honest, we are the only um, club where he has had a successful spell at. I know he's had big money moves to other clubs and that, but they've Swansea were happy to sell him. Dijon need to get rid because of their money troubles. Well, French football, um, as Andy Warren reliably tells me on the main pod. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he is a very, very good player, of course, but just I still can't see it coming off really, just because I just can't imagine him in League One. And then the other two, I don't really know too much about. A player, I know that he's got a lot of pace. That's about where it ends for me. Um, and I know that Colson is 
a very athletic fullback who will get up and down and run run all day long, which is what Twitter like. So, but it's, it's nice to be getting linked to quality players now. I think. I mean, the first six signings, very happy with all the signings, absolutely. But you can tell we're now going for quality over quantity now. We're trying to get those number tens. We're trying to get a left winger's position sorted. Um, I think there may only be four or five more, but I think the next four or five will be absolute starters for the first day of the season. And the one which I know you didn't mention because he's an ongoing transfer saga, I really want Matt Crooks. Yeah. I just really, really want him. I think he's, he'll, he'll be the difference in this league, more so than Selena would be for me because Crooks can dominate at this level. Seen him dom- I've seen him dominate. dominate. And I think Paul wants his agent at the minute, isn't he? His, um, he seems to be his agent. I don't think he's his manager because he seems to talk about it every day, saying that this club's in for him, not enough money, want a bit more. I don't know what that's all about, but he just... Well, he's obviously desperate not to sell him to us because he's a budgie, isn't he, Paul Warren? So, um, but yeah, get, get Crits across the line. Um, Selena, I think, will be just pretty shocked to see that happen. And, you know, Liam, we you can sort of say we haven't made that marquee signing yet. I think we've done six really good deals. I think Rakeem Harper is probably one of the, the best ones, Lee Evans as well. But I don't think we've got that marquee signing. I think Burst and Selena would be that. Matt Crooks will definitely be that. Um, what, what's your thoughts with the players that have been linked to the moment? We are being ambitious with some of these um, targets. Well, they said they were going to be ambitious. And there were a lot of eyebrows raised when... Um, Stu made that very cryptic uh, comment about people would be surprised actually how ambitious uh, the club are being. And some of the names that have been linked in the past, like Jermaine Defoe, for instance, that that link just shows you that Town are, are now looking in a completely different league now uh, to what, what we would have been uh, had the takeover not happened. And it's just exciting to see that there are actually going to be quality players coming through. And I, look, I, I'll give no disrespect to any of the players that Town have, have, have bought in the last few years. But, I mean, you, you look at someone like Hawkins. I mean, Portsmouth didn't want him. And we've signed him on a on a free transfer. And he, he's, he's, he hardly played that many games through injury and just isn't isn't that good was just more of a stopgap someone that we could afford to bring in whereas now you can see that they are trying to build a team that is exciting that is going to try and play really vibrant football and and is going to is going to bring the buzz back to Portman Road which it definitely has done um Selena uh is was pre me having a season ticket. It was uh, the season before. Um, but I did see uh, a few games um, of town that year before I did get a season ticket, especially the the 5-2 win over Sunderland, when I kind of looked at it and thought, why is everyone making a fuss about Mick McCarthy? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then obviously they go and play a nil-nil draw against Burton later on the season, which was just absolutely dire. Um, but Selena, in all the games that I saw him, he is that sort of player that that is X factor. He he gives you something different, gives you something off the cuff that that 
just players of, of that kind of ilk will do that you just you just don't know what they're going to do. And sometimes you just have to le- let these players basically just go out and do what they want to do um, and try and play the rest of the team around that around that player and just kind of give them the free license to go and do what they what they want, which obviously Brad talking about Selena dropping his head sometimes and so on. It is a risk, especially at League One level, um, of having to carry players. But, I mean, at League One level, Selena could be could destroy that league. Um, and it, it would be the sort of player, I think, that would get bums on seats, um, which, which is obviously, at the end of the day, what the American owners want us, uh, want us to do, come back. Um, and, and so... They have to obviously get us back in the stadium by giving us things that we want to see, which is good football players playing for a good football team. As Brad said, the other two I, I don't really know much about, but they're young. They're young players, um, and I've heard about the uh, financial fair play kind of means that we do have to look. For some young players still um, to just stay within those those limits because they will be slightly cheaper than obviously spending huge transfer fees and wages on already um, already players in their prime. But I mean, by the sounds of both of them, I mean the 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 lads in Spain, Apaya, um seems like he could be could be really decent. I mean, he's done well at Forest, got a move abroad. And I think that's the big thing, moving abroad and and trying something different. I mean, going back to like like the England chat at the beginning of the the podcast, um, that a lot of, I think a lot of England's failures have been that players, even at the top level, um, have... English players have been reluctant to go abroad when they used to. Um, we used to have quite a few players who went and, and played abroad. And you don't get that. I suppose it doesn't complete your game. And it's not a massive deal staying in one country, but it, it gives you different cultures and, and gives you different potential styles of play and, and in, potentially could improve you as a player. And a lot of English players are now doing that. I think they are leaving to go abroad and try and um, and try and make a career. And some players come back, some players don't. But um, I think it would be a, a really decent sign in that if he comes in, young lads, um, something to prove, and has got a bit of experience of being outside his comfort zone. The Middlesbrough lads, again, England youth international. I mean, he he. Seems like he's exactly what Paul Cook wants for a, for a fullback. But again, he's versatile. So I mean, the players that that we've we've been linked with are all the players that we want we want to see. Um, and not every name is going to be a big big name. Um, some of them you, you've got you've got to have different pieces of the jigsaw to complete it. So you can't obviously have every every player being a household name. Um, but I, I just think that 
what has been going on so far is really exciting. As Brad said, the next the next four or five, because we still need we still need quite a few more to complete the side. That's where the real excitement is going to come because we are going to need um, uh, more attacking players, um, especially wide players, um, and obviously down the middle um, for competition for Norwood. Uh, I and think. Well, yeah, we do need defenders as well, but I, I mean, I, I mean, look, this might be a controversial statement, but I mean, I wouldn't be completely against Town potentially starting the season with Wolfenden and Enciada as the two starters until we get someone in. Um, I, I mean, he clearly is giving Wolfenden a chance, but I don't know if that's just because we haven't got any centre-halves and he just has to keep him around and doesn't put him in the under-23s with the rest of the exiled squad. And Enciala, he's given <clears throat> a new deal and whether that's purely tactical on the money side of things or whether he does feel that there is some kind of worth of keeping him around. I mean, they did... Enciala was a massive improvement last season, even though the team was still pretty poor. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I would stick with that for the whole season. Obviously, we will get centre-halves. But the next the next pieces in the puzzle, I think, have got to be the, the wide players and and those, those two key, key positions in the forward areas in the number 10 and the striker. And if Crooks comes off, then that is going to be a, a huge, huge fillet. But I, I did I did see something this morning or this afternoon that suggests that there's, there is potential championship interest now in Crooks, but there has been some contact made. But who they are, I haven't actually read into it that much because um, uh, obviously Derby have been linked with him, but Derby can't do anything. So... If it is Derby, if one of them's Derby, I wouldn't be that worried. But um, it would be a real fillet if, if uh, Town could get that deal done ahead of championship interest. And for me, I, I understand that Crooks will want to stay championship, but uh, a season in League One in a team that, let's be honest, is not going to, not going to return to League One if if the Americans are serious about their investment, that, that this won't, this won't happen again. Um, if the Americans are going to stick with the plan and try and get, get the club to where it needs to be. Um, so for Crooks, one year in league one, and then being hopefully at a, a, a solid championship side that is progressing towards getting back to those, coveted Premier League promotion places and maybe back in the top flight, hopefully at some point in the future. Oh, well, hopefully we'll be still alive when we see it Town back in the Premier League, just like, you know, with the, with the final for England. But, um, Brad, I think it'll be quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be quicker than that. Yeah. Um, but Brad, um, a lot, a lot of fans, of course, have been panicking. There's, you know, where's the signings, where are the signings? But are you sort of pleased that it's not been rushed? They're not rushing with players, you know, like Charlie White's recently joined Wigan, you know, a player that was linked to us. But then I think his wages is just 
ludicrous. But do you do you think that's they're being a bit cautious with different players? They're not going to rush in trying to get this player, this player because they're they're available. Do you think it's an opportunity for them just to settle down a little bit and do the right you know business for the right player? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think you don't want to rush your transfer business because you end up getting a player that you never know in two weeks' time is is suddenly available. And you think, God, why can't we have done it for him? So they, especially with these marquee signings, like you're saying, which, which are going to arrive, you've got to get those deals done and get them right and get them, just be patient with them. I mean, it's, it's horrible, but I check my phone every day to see have we had another bid going for Crooks? Um, have I accepted a, a bid yet? But I appreciate it takes time. And I, I know, like I said in one of the earlier podcasts that we did, I know that Mark Ashton is going to be working every hour of the day to get these deals done. So it's not like we're just slacking for a couple of weeks. It's not like we're just signed six players and, yeah, we'll just all have a cup of tea now and then come back in mid-July. Um but yeah, he, he had a massive task on his hands, didn't he? And I think to get sits in already is is good and pleasing. Um, would I've liked more? Yes, I probably would. I I know Liam said about centre half, but I probably would have liked um, a number one centre half. But probably because we were so we were so early linked with Sonny Bradley, I just thought that'd be the first signing we made with the a centre half. Um, I'd like to just yeah, I would honestly like to see the spine and the shape of the team take shape over the next couple of weeks. But if it happens a bit later, then it's not going to be a fault of our own. It's going to be... There's two clubs to every deal. It's not it's not as easy to think like going on FIFA and then, yeah, just talk about FIFA a lot tonight. But, but yeah, these <laughs> things are complicated. So, so yeah, it's just, hope, hopefully we get these guys across the line. Let's, let's just stop the ball on that. I, I think it's just a case of, of town fans kind of being burnt, isn't it? From from the years of, of kind of mediocrity and and not really seeing anything like this. And then all of a sudden, it's complete demolition. I mean, the, the squad has just been completely destroyed. Um, and, and they're having to basically do what Blackpool did last season and create a completely new squad basically it's not even the team it's it's i mean there are a few players still remaining but the majority is is a is a it's the the majority of the squad and i think people just need to relax a little bit because there is a strategy behind the scenes now there is a, a scouting strategy there 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 is then um, this uh funnel or whatever it is that they have now for trying to filter all these players through and they'll have many on the shortlist. And I mean, players will be linked and players will come and go. But town just need to do what they need to do to get the right players that they want to make the team successful. And we've, we've just got to be patient. It won't happen overnight. And it could be that there will still be business being done when the season kicks off in August. So we've just got to just got to trust now in someone who has a very very good track record in in the job that he has done in Mark Ashton at other clubs in replicating that for Ipswich um, and not Charlie Wyke. I mean ten grand at Wigan if that's true that's that that's just astonishing money for a player that fair enough scored a lot of goals last season at League One but. Has only done it one year, 
I mean, it's a lot of money to throw at someone who potentially could falter this season. So, I mean, I'm not too bothered that we missed out on him, to be honest. Yeah, on Wigan, I think they haven't spent a fee yet, have they? I think pretty much every single player they've bought in has been free agents. And I think if um, Paul Cook was here with Evans' money, we'd probably be doing similar business right now. We probably would be bringing in Max Power, Charlie White, players like that. Maybe not Charlie White because of the wages. But we're shopping in a different ballpark, don't we? This is it. I mean, we're, we're, we're going for a Selena. We're going for a Crooks. Um, we've got Macaulay Bond. I mean, who's to say he would have restored 30 for something last year if he was playing for League One? What's he going to do in League One? Norwood? I mean, Norwood or White? I'd probably rather... On, I know it's on, on blue-tinted glasses and all sorts, but I'd have a fit James Norwood over Charlie White, to be honest. I've, I've seen White play a lot of times. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I think with, with Wigan, a lot of people are worried about him because they are making so many signings. Their team has taken shape. But I feel like if we were in for him, we'd have got him. So, mm-hmm. for me, Charlie White, I don't think we're even ever in for him. I mean, I, I don't see why you'd choose to go to Wigan over Ipswich. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You don't need to apologise about that. But, uh, well, um, let's move on. But before we move on, of course, the show is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Um, of course, get 20% off and free shipping with the code KOA at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favour and use the right tools for the job. Well, let's go and segue into some more exciting stuff. Brad, Portland Road is going to open to full capacity for this season, and also over 12k syndicates have been sold. How excited are you seeing, um, or how excited are you going to be seeing that stadium bouncing on the open day against Morecambe? And uh, there's going to be no restrictions. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's probably always my favourite day of the season because there's nothing riding on it. It doesn't really matter if you're losing away. It's just it's always such a great day, the first game of the season. It's normally boiling hot. Um, it's, you've got all the signings from the summer. You're looking forward to seeing how they play, and it's it's a great day. And I, I can't wait for more to come home. I really can't. I mean, I, I can't wait to be there. Uh, as soon as I can buy my ticket, I'll be there. Um, I'm not actually a season ticket holder because I've basically uh, I've got a young family and I've had to prioritise and stuff. Um, just just with that sort of stuff, really. But I go I go every game I can every. I might as well have a season ticket, basically, because I end up going more than what I could spend on a season ticket. But fantastic news on the season ticket front. And there's no surprise. It's absolutely no surprise. We, we have a fan base here. We have, I mean, we, we're a one-county team. It's, you could fill the stadium week in, week out if you were playing, if we were playing in the Premier League. No, no, no problem at all. And... Um, I think the well, last season, what we get, we were no the season before, we were getting upwards of twenty thousand. Who's to say we're not going to get twenty five this year? I mean, if if we're playing well week in week out, if we're up there, um, the place is bouncing. Who's not to say we're going to get those sorts of numbers? I think it's I think it's brilliant. There's such a buzz around the, the town at the minute, and for so long as an Ipswich fan, it's just been crap. You've just had season after season of mediocrity and just rubbish. 
and Evans, you know, you're not going to get any money to spend in the summer. You're just scrapping around for Ronnie Hawkins and Stephen Ward. So it's, it's, it's just so many things, isn't there? There's new owners, new manager, so to speak. They've been there 10 games or whatever. Um, new squad of players. You've got stuff on the side like the Ed Sheeran sponsor, the, the TikTok perform, um, concert he did at Portland Road recently, the, the amount of publicity is generating for the club. I don't, I don't know and live a memory such a buzz around it, I, apart from maybe when I was five and my dad was saying we're in the Premier League and <laughs> not really being aware of it. But it's, it's a great time to be a town fan, which sounds ridiculous because we're still in League One and the main objective is to be out of League One. But I can't wait to be in there with the fans next season. There's just no better feeling is there than being in there with, with everyone, scoring a goal, celebrations players running over to you. I just can't wait for it. It just, it just goes through you, don't it? Just the raw passion and emotion. And I've missed it big time. I've had to sort of fill that hole with with uh, running and trying to trying to do that, really. Can't wait to get that release back of, of being at a game. And just, it's, yeah, you, you, you don't know what you have until, until it's gone. And that's what this has shown all the way through this pandemic. I mean, it's a hell of a lot more than football in the world, of course there is, but when you're talking in terms of release and the greatest distraction there could possibly be, I suppose, and just all-round general um, way of life that football is, as a football fan, is nothing comes close to it, does it? So I, I can't wait to be back. Well said, my friend, well said. And of course, it's a new era at the club. You know, the Marcus Evans sign is off the stadium, I'm sure. Uh, the new owners, that's going to be another thing. They're going to be on the pitch. They're going to be announcing themselves. And um, and Liam, as Brad said, you know, just celebrating a goal. You know, you were there at Wembley. You know, 60,000-plus fans were there at Wembley. I know Portland Road doesn't hold that, but I'm sure it is going to be packed out and he's going to be bouncing. I'm sure we cannot wait for that. Um, hopefully, it'll be a sunny day and the new signings all in full force. And also, it'll be a chance for fans to see Paul Cook on the touchline for the first time at Portland Road. How much are you looking forward to it? Oh, I can't wait. As Brad said, I mean, there are more things to life than football and this last year has completely shown it. But we're all football fans here and everyone who tunes into this is football fans. We've all missed it. Um, last season was soulless. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to go even when the tickets were available pre-Christmas uh, for those couple of games. Um, even, I mean, even that would have made a slight difference, but still still isn't the same. Um, and having been at Wembley last night, the, the, there is nothing better than the euphoria of, of a football game. And especially in something um, that could be so tense, um, so, something that builds up to a massive, massive release at the end of the game, whether it be a knockout game or going back to like Wimbledon uh, at the very start of like the League One journey uh, a couple of seasons ago. Now, the whole place, Portman Road, may not have been, um, may not be sixty thousand supporters, but and there was only about eighteen thousand inside Portman Road that night against Wimbledon. But when Jackson scored that last-minute winner, the place went berserk. 
and yeah. and we all miss that. We absolutely all miss that. Um, I mean, I found it hard last season. I mean, I, I, I mean, the football wasn't great anyway, but <laughs> it didn't help. But it, it, you just, you just almost couldn't get overly excited about things. You're just watching it again on the stream, and you just kind of go through the motions. Game over, right? That's it. it it's a completely different different uh, atmosphere to being there live watching it especially if you go with the same people you do the same routines go do whatever you do pre and post match games it, it's 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 not just about the game it, it's about the whole day um and we've missed that um but the fact that there are a lot of people now interested in the football club again is only a, can only be a good thing and Ipswich have got it. They've got that support. But most people have had years of, of, of decline and, and just haven't haven't been able to really justify continuing going um, when the product's been so abysmal on the pitch. So to get those people back, and I think the key thing for the Americans is to make sure that the club invests heavily on, on the young generation and keep people interested in the football club and and keep that keep that going uh, throughout the generations but to to see the optimism was is not a surprise um and hopefully there'll be more sold and the more money that the club can make hopefully the better the signings we can make at the same time so i'm really looking forward to it more on the first day will be absolutely brilliant um and i'm i'm Really looking forward to it, especially after last night now where I've actually been in a proper stadium with with um, lots of other people. Um, my my uh, appetite has now been whetted for more and getting back to to that throughout this coming season. Definitely. I think another big thing is it's going to be massive for the town, you know, for all the businesses, you know, look, all the, all the restaurants and pubs and everything will be fooled. Uh, and Phil, you know, it's gonna be fantastic. And uh, well, just I cannot wait, and I can't wait to see you know you guys in person. You know, we've done all these podcasts over the last year, and it's been you know it's been a, a terrible you know year and a half you know for the country and everybody. And you know, it's been great though that we've been able to do this podcast and seeing all of you guys. You know, Brad, I've never seen you in person, so I cannot wait yeah. to actually finally see you in person. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to the final bit of the podcast, and of course, Town are back in action, pre-season action. They travel to Dartford. I'm um, in Kent. Is it in Kent? Is Dartford in Kent? I think it's in Kent, isn't it? I think so. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway. What one of those? Um, I think it counts as Kent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, sick tier <laughs> English side. Um, you know, town fans are going to be there for the first time uh, for an away game since February, uh, March, whenever it was. It's, uh, it doesn't matter. But they'll be, they'll be back, uh, which is great to see. Uh, I know you, both of you guys are not going there, but um, I'm sure it's just going to be great to see, you know, fans there. Uh, Brad, what, what do you want to see? What do you expect to see in this game? It is just going to be more of a training match because it is Dartford and it's the first preseason game. They're not normally that exciting. Although in previous times, like with Mick McCarthy, we always go to Ireland. So you never actually mm. witness it, never you know, see any footage of it really. But uh, what do you expect? Of course, new signs who you're playing um, and just, yeah, be interesting to see how they get on. 
yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't go because I'm, I'm working. Um, like I was saying earlier, I, I've had to prioritise, but I work a lot of Saturdays now. So, but, um, but yes, in terms of the game, um, I hope we win ten nil. <laughs> no, just looking forward to, looking forward to certainly reading about it afterwards, and actually hoping to be able to watch it at work. Hoping that somebody does some sort of dodgy illegal stream somewhere I can watch watch the game and um take take it in and I'm looking forward to seeing fans on the sidelines. I know we're we're talking about sell out crowds possibly at Morecambe and whatnot, but that's gonna be so good at that uh, a nice little community ground to see because I used to go and watch Low Soft every um when I was when we went through a phase of of um not supporting it switch through the keen years. Um, and yeah, it's just so it is great to be so close to a manager and just hearing everything he says, every instruction. And, and I, I bet it's going to be well, it's going to be the hottest ticket, isn't it, to get to get um, be standing next to that dugout um, on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I know a few of the guys who are normally on this podcast are going. I'm sure they're going to absolutely love it. And yeah, like like Liam says, it's a day, it's a day out, and start for the way you're going to pre-season the week. We'll be the same. I mean, you'll, you'll go down there, you'll get some food, meet up with friends, people we haven't seen in a long time, and watch for Team in Blue or whatever awake it colour. Do you know what it is yet, Ross? I don't know. But try, yeah, um, just play a game of football and um, it'd be, be really good to see us back in action. And yeah, like I say, I uh, won't be able to watch it, but looking forward to seeing what happens. And this is what it. It now starts to feel real, don't it? It, it now starts to ramp up. I keep looking at my calendar thinking that it's a month until the new season. That is an absolute flyby. Um, but, yeah, I hope my main man, Lee Evans, gets uh, gets the captain's armband. And, um, yeah, we, 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 we uh, have, a, have a good day out. I think that yeah, could be the that could be the big talking point. I know it's only the first preseason game, but whoever's got the captain's armband, they may do two, you know, two different starting 11s, one 45 and another 45. That will be intriguing. And, um, well, one thing I'm really intrigued by is who's going to play in the number 10 until Matt Fritz signs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking John Nolan. I know he likes John Nolan. And I reckon that maybe on Saturday you're going to see Lee Evans' partner and John Nolan. Maybe. Mm. Well, I'll wait and see on that. But, uh, you know, Liam, I'm no fans have been wanting to go to an away game for a long while. They probably weren't expecting, oh, Dartford would be the first one, but it's one of those games, you know, I think there's over a thousand town fans are going to be there, which is just unbelievable support. Um, I know you're not going to be there yourself, but uh, what, what are you hoping to expect? And, you know, preseason games starting off. We've actually got a good preseason schedule, actually. I'm pretty happy. I know we've got Berry Town after this one, but then we've got um, Stevenage, whatever. Then we got, but then we got Crystal Palace and Millwall Porton Road. I think that's two really good home games. Definitely Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Patrick Riera, they're going to be in the dugout alongside Paul Cook, and then Millwall, you know, Championship side. Good old Bart with me making his return to Suffolk. Um, but you know, Liam Dartford, what do you what do you reckon? I mean, I'm not going to get too het up about preseason. To be honest, um, it, it's it's just, it's a fool's game to really kind of make kind of make judgment from pre-season because you can have an absolute dog of a pre-season and go into the season win the first game and suddenly you're on a roll or you could be absolutely brilliant in pre-season I mean um the the example I would use was a few seasons ago when uh town beat West Ham 1-0 
And uh, I think Dizelle was um, massively involved in that game. I think it was him with, I think it was his pass, I think, that led to whoever scored that day. Um, and everyone was raving, oh, we got, and, and nothing, nothing came of it. So it, it, pre-season is, is all about, all about getting players' fitness up, trying to get some continuity in, in, in the team, getting, working on shape, trying to integrate new signings. A bit more difficult, seeing as though this is almost a completely new squad. So every player is almost kind of introducing themselves to each other. Um, but I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing is the fans. I think, I think a lot of, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what Paul Cook likes to do for preseason normally. I don't know what his go-to is talking about, say McCarthy, who likes to go to Ireland, and um, you've got, you've, I mean, you look at, you look at the big clubs. COVID has affected. Uh, everyone's pre-season structure. I mean, um, I know that some of the Premier League clubs are playing each other on home soil, whereas normally they would be on some massive US or Australian or Chinese tour somewhere um, at this time. Um, and they may play a game, a few games back in England, but they would be called an 11 and it would mainly be youngsters coming up. But they're actually playing proper proper friendlies against each other to get themselves prepared because they can't travel anywhere. And I think town having local trips is a really good thing for the fans because, as we've just said with, with the season ticket news, um, people have been starved, starved of it. And, and I said earlier, I've never heard New Wembley like that before. I think a lot of it is also down to the fact that everyone has been in the same boat and hasn't been able to get their fix of football this last year. And it is just now spilling out and you can't stop it. People are just going absolutely nuts for it. And the fact that a thousand fans are going to be down at Dartford um, it is fantastic um, for them. They can have a great day out, um, watch watch a game of football, however it's going to be played. Um, but all in all, it's going to be a, a, a training exercise. Um, hopefully score some goals. But, I mean, it's the first pre-season. The squad isn't complete yet. Um, there's a lot of work still to do. So there's not going to be a huge amount of things we can mainly take from it, apart from hopefully seeing some of the new signings and, Seeing how they're how they're doing in preseason because we can't really make justifications about them either um, because they're right at the beginning of their preseason so they're not going to come in and wow us from the first day maybe <laughs> unless someone goes and scores ten goals or something and we're all absolutely salivating and going <gasps> but we'll 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 uh, we'll, uh, we'll see um, but. I'm just happy that it's going to be a good day out for everyone, and and as as Brad said, it is just absolutely time flies when when you're having fun. But we've had the Euros this summer, which has kind of bridged that gap, and already we're now at a position where we're only a month away now from football returning, hopefully. 
fingers crossed, in the state that we left it pre-COVID and being able to go and actually watch it properly uh, without a dodgy cameraman <laughs> on the TV stream. Definitely. Hopefully we'll, we'll never need that ever again. And um, over to you, Brad, uh, to finish off the pod, my friend. Yeah, I, I actually do want... I know it sounds silly, predicting, like predicting lineups because lineups don't mean anything in pre-season. Like, nobody will play together and you, we probably won't actually see the starting eleven until the last game of pre-season. But I do wonder how it's going to play it tomorrow with these... I know that it said the door is ajar for those players, but I do wonder if... Lynn Downs is going to be getting minutes. Is Teddy Bishop going to be getting minutes? So, are those guys? It's, it's just, it's nice to be talking about us again, isn't it? Really, um, I think that's, I think that's what it is. That's, that's what sort of gets you going. Um, I know it means absolutely nothing tomorrow, but those are the sorts of things that go go through your head. Um, is he going to play? I don't know. All the youngsters. Is he? Are you just going to see a, a handful of senior players? So, so yeah, it's nice to be having these conversations again. And then I'll start ramping up from now, isn't it? So, yeah, next time I speak to you on this podcast, that'll probably be one of the Palace pre-season games or something. So, so yeah, it's soon going to come about. Definitely. And I think um, the under-23s were going to play on Saturday against Berry, but now that game's been cancelled. But it's probably because maybe Paul Cook's going, actually, I need some of those under-23s. So, uh, cancel that game. <laughs> we'll bring it along. But, yeah, I'll be very intrigued if, you know, Downs, Jackson, those sort of players will be involved. Um Although I, I think yeah. I think they would have had to have done something amazing in the the week or so of training that they've had um, to change Cook's mind. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I think the only player I for me that if they get their head sorted and potentially would, Cook would be interested in keeping is probably Downs. Um, he is the he is the one with the most he is the the best player out of those players that have been exiled. The others, um, I think, will go at some point. Um, but it would be interesting to see if if Cook does does call for them. Um, but I, I I think they're I think they're going to go. So, but the the, the later preseason games, I, I I forgot to say earlier. Um, that they they will be interesting just from the fact that it'll be good to see town take on higher league opposition and again results don't matter but again performances confidence against higher league opposition um potentially shows where town will be especially with this rebuild if uh, they they put in a couple of decent performances against two Two uh, reasonably decent, well, Crystal Palace of Premier League, obviously, that would be a, a really good fillet if they could get something out of that. And then Millwall are a decent mid to lower table championship side. Um, I think I think they're the get the markers, and and hopefully by then we'll have more of a complete squad. There'll still be work being done, I'm sure, but by then we can make more justifications of what town are hopefully going to to do this season but i'm 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 just buzzing for for football being back it's it's just it's been too long and i hope i wish everybody on saturday um a really really good time i hope they all have an amazing time and and get to meet with people hopefully that they probably haven't seen for a while 
Yes, man. What a way to, to finish the podcast. And yes, um, enjoy Dartford if you're going to the game. Um, and enjoy Sunday. Of course, Dartford is the, the little pre-match before the big match on Sunday. Uh, football's coming home. Look forward to that. Um, well, Liam, Brad, it's been a pleasure, as always, having you on the fan social. Of course, the fan social is sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, go to manscaped.com, use the code KOA, get free shipping and 20% off for all your goods there. And um, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Follow us on Kings of Anglia on all the socials, not TikTok. We're not going to be doing a performance at Portland Road, just like Ed Sheeran, as Brad said. Uh, or if you want to see it, we'll, we'll try to sort it out, but we'll wait and see. Um, but there we go. Um, enjoy your weekend. We're in a final of a major tournament. Come on, football's coming home. You ready to sing with me, boys? No, we're not going to do it. <laughs> from true crime to football, Brexit to hopeful. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash